you've saddled me, you've requested me, you've burdened me with the task of preaching a, from a great theme. I can't preach one verse, I had to go back and get a few more. So if you'll stand for the reading of God's word, we're in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And I backed up to verse 28. And Isaiah has some questions for folk in his day that apply to today. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but, but, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Don't make me shout now. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Question that I want you to ask yourself, and if you pray with me, I'll try to pick out some things. Why wait on God? Why wait on God? I Isaiah was a prophet of God in bad times. Uh, the northern kingdom had already been deported, and the southern kingdom, which was Judah, was, was pretty bad off. Uh, they were involved in idolatry and all kinds of evil practices that God hated. So God sent a prophet, Isaiah, into that bad time. Uh, my first point is that, New Mission, I came to remind you that God has placed you here in Madisonville, in Cincinnati, Ohio, in this bad time. And as you celebrate your birthday, I want you to remember that God has purposed you for a greater work in these days and times. He wants you to be a beacon. He calls the church a city set on a hill. And so you've got to let your light shine so other folk can see Jesus. I, I just stopped by to remind us that God is never without a witness. You've been ordained. You've been called. You've been set apart to be a witness for God. I love this building. You love this building. But building another building ain't your calling. Your calling is to turn on the light. Let your light shine. If you pray for me, I'll, I'll, I'll try to draw out a couple of principles. God asks some questions through his prophet in verse 28. And let me just pack them together for you quickly. Number one, didn't you know? Number two, haven't you heard? Well, know what and heard what? That we're not talking about man. We're talking about the everlasting God. See, God was here before there was a here, and God was there before there was a now, and when it's all over, God will still be God. Didn't you know? 
Well, who is this everlasting God? Glad you asked, Isaiah would say. He is the Lord. That word means master. He is ruler. See, we have forgotten that Trump ain't a ruler. And that crazy man over in North Korea ain't a ruler. I just stopped by to tell you, it's God who rules the whole universe. He is the Lord. And he is the creator. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. Let me hurry up. You, you, Isaiah is the one that gives us this other perspective of God. You remember how Isaiah just exploded when he saw God way back in chapter 6? Uh, you, you remember uh, Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. And, and he was high. Isaiah said, he's above men. He's high and lifted up. And when I saw him, uh, his train filled the tent. That really means that when I saw God, I couldn't even go to church. I, I, I couldn't even have a regular service. Uh, his train, his Shekinah, his glory just filled the whole house. And I got excited, so excited that I fell on my face. Uh, I looked up and there were seraphims and they flew this way and that way and they cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. Isaiah said, this God the eternal God, the everlasting God does not faint. That means no matter what your problem is, God ain't going to fall out. No matter what the situation is, no matter how long it lasts, God ain't going to get tired. And God is beyond figuring out. Oh, yes, he is. Just when you think you got God in a box over here, God jumps out and be God over here. And just when you think you got God settled in the box over here, God is back there. He said, I'm waiting on you. You got to get to where I am. Can I remind us that God is bigger than we are? He's stronger than we are. He's wiser than we are. And he's been around a whole lot longer than we have. That's the God I'm talking about. Let, 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 let me remind you that God is not the man upstairs. God is, God is not like man, but God is the creator of man. That makes God bigger, better, wiser, and stronger than we could ever be. Isaiah then goes on to say in verse 29 that God does some things. You realize out of who God is, God does what he does. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. God can do those miracles because he's got miracle working power. I, I'll come back to that. I, I came to say happy birthday to you, uh, New Mission, because for 110 years, you've been a reality in this community. See, I'm old enough to remember a little white church that sat on this property. Uh, I, I remember watching you all as uh, you marched in to this building. And what it tells me is even though I can't really remember the church in Dunbar, it was the same God. Or oh, it was the same God that was down with you on Dunbar that came up here to Ravina Street that filled that other building with his presence. And now uh, he fills this building with your presence. So as you celebrate your birthday, I want you to remember it was God who blessed you. It was God who kept you. It was God who led you. It was God who picked 
you up out of nowhere with nothing and brought you to somewhere with what you have today and you said yesterday, God ain't done with you yet. Uh, Isaiah gives us one verse commentary then after talking about God on the limited power of man. How many of you know that God is unlimited and we are limited? Isaiah says, men's power shall fail. Yes, it will. Uh, Have you ever gone to somebody and you needed something and they promised you they would get it for you and when you got there, they didn't have it? They failed you. They failed you. Have you ever had somebody walk with you and say, I'll go through this with you all the way, only to find out they didn't have as much strength as you had? They were like a broken tooth. Oragel can't fix everything. <laughs> then he says, listen, even young folk shall faint. I'm looking at people under 30 now, they don't have any energy. Lord have mercy. Go to work, come home, they're ready to fall out. We had to go to work, come home, fix a dinner, clean up the house, go back to work, come back, ask them to do that. Now, ah, I can't do that. (laughs) Young men, youth shall utterly, not just partially, utterly fall. Then I say it does something in verse 31. He says, but, but in, 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 in relationship to what he says from verse 29 and 30, he uses a conjunction. Now, I'm, I'm young enough and old enough to remember J- Schoolhouse Rock. How, how many of you all remember Schoolhouse Rock? Conjunction, junction, that's my function. Amen. I'm glad somebody else can follow me. It says, I got three favorite cars that get most of my job done. Uh, conjunction, junction, what's their function? I got and, but, and or, and they'll get you pretty far. So the question that faces us today is, is there a connection in the comparison to new mission and the they in the text? I believe that there may be. Number one, write this word down, they. They. First he says, but. So in reverse of, What he says in verse 30, they. In verse 30, they fail, they fall, they are faint. But this is a different they. Uh, 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 You got got to stay with me now. In verse 31, this is a different they. This is a, a a they that have already been set apart. This is a they that have already been sanctified. This is a they that have already been predestined. Well, how do you know that? Because God is an already God. When you get to your problem, God has already been there, and he already has a solution for you. When you get to the end of your rope, God has already said, I'll supply you with something else. God is an already. I'm so glad that I serve an already God. 
Uh, God doesn't get surprised by the mess that men get surprised by because he's already seen it. And he's already got the package in place for us to just get there so that we can already have what God has already predestined us to already have. Somebody ought to just give him praise in the house. This day were created for God's glory. They were, Israel was created for God's glory. I just stopped by to remind you that on your 110th birthday, you've been created for the glory of God. The devil does not want you to know what your destiny is. He doesn't even want you to know, especially young folk. He's killing you. He's killing you with drugs, killing you with pornography, killing you with all kinds of stuff, but you have been predestined to glorify God the Father. Both Israel and the church came into existence through the blood of a lamb. Oh, yes, I think I'm right about it. Uh, on Passover, uh, God told Moses, put the blood on the doorposts and the lintel and have them pass through. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over them. Aren't you so glad that when you were born again, God put some blood on you? And every time the devil wants to get at you, he can't do everything he want to do because his blood, oh my goodness, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? It was the blood. I know it was the blood. And then both are part of something bigger than they could ever imagine. Notice, notice that the text links waiting to this special and specific set of sanctified folk called they. They that do what? Wait on the Lord. Waiting is a part of your developmental process as a Christian. Well, let me say that again. Waiting, not just anticipating, not spectating, but waiting is a part of your development and my development as a Christian. Uh, let me just pick one example from the book. God told Abraham when he was 75 that he was going to have a son. Abraham and Sarah couldn't wait. So at 86, uh, Abraham and Hagar got together. They hooked up, and because of their hookup, an Ishmael was born into the world. And I don't know about you, but every time I turn on the TV, Ishmael is still acting up. Ishmael is blowing up their own kids. Ishmael is bombing towers. Ishmael has been a bane in the world's neck ever since he came into existence, all because somebody couldn't wait. When you don't wait on the Lord, the consequences are crazy. Let me hurry up, let me hurry up. Faith is formed in waiting. Patience is produced in waiting. Believing is birthed in waiting. Oh, you don't have to get happy there because don't nobody like to wait. Oh, I, we have microwaves. And if the microwave don't microwave what you put in it fast enough, you stand in front of the microwave and scream, hurry up!
We don't like to wait because if we wait, we think we might miss something. It might do us good to miss a few things. You don't need to catch everything that the devil throws at you. Sometimes you... No, I wait, I wait, I'm good. Can I help you tell you, can I tell you something? Every now and then you need to tell yourself, no, I don't need that, I'm good, I'll just relax. I, I, I'm good. I, I, I can hope, I, it might hurt, but mm-mm. I'm waiting. Somebody told me that every delay of God is not a cancellation from God. Sometimes you're not ready and I'm not ready to receive the blessing that God has painted, inked on it. See, God has a calendar and he said, on this date, I want to bless you. But if you ain't ready, I'm going to wait. See, if God can wait, why can't we wait? Songwriter, help me. You can't hurry, God. Oh, no. You just got to wait. Got to trust him. Give him a little more. Say what? No matter. He's a God you can't hurry. Here's the part I like. He'll be there. Don't you worry. He may not come when you want him. All right. They that wait upon the Lord. Quit waiting for the answer. Wait on the Lord. Uh-oh. Y'all get that? Y'all didn't sound like y'all got that. I think I'll say that again. Stop waiting on the manifestation of the blessing and wait on the blesser. Because if you get the blesser, you got every blessing that the blesser has for you. Oh, I'll move. <laughs> I'll move. It says, if you wait upon the Lord, he shall. Mm. He shall renew, shall. See, I'm, I'm just telling you like it is. I get excited when I see the word shall. Shall has a guaranteed promise wrapped up in it. Shall says absolutely, positively, no matter, quit looking at, we talked in the study. You know what our problem is? We look at our condition. And your condition ain't the most important thing. Your position is far more important than your condition. Oh, I, I, I need to just inform you that if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, that old stuff became old stuff and it's going to pass away and God's going to exchange it and give you something brand new. Shall is absolute. Since God said it, see, it's not just coming to pass. It's already done. I just get crazy to think about God has already put the blessing right here, and he said, it's yours. Just come over here. Don't go over there. There's trouble over there, Terry. He said, the blessing is right here. When you get to where the blessor is and you start unwrapping the package of blessings, it'll blow your mind. Inside the box of your blessing is eternal security. Inside the box of your blessing is power. (sighs) 
they that wait upon the Lord shall. Oh, but, but upon closer inspection, I see that the promise is really predicated on a person. I'm going to say that again. The promise is a good thing. But the person who gives the promise is a better thing. Oh, I don't know about you, but Trump's promises ain't worth two cents. Sometimes my promises ain't worth the paper that it's written on. But I ain't talking about Trump, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the everlasting God. And if God has made you a promise, honey, take it to the bank, uh, write it down, and put your feet. You know what? We ought to be planted on the promise. We ought to be planted on the eternal security that God is our refuge and ever-present help in the time of trouble. So the question really is, how do I effectively wait? If waiting is a prerequisite to my blessing, how then do I wait? I'm glad you asked. I couldn't wait for you to ask. There are three things. Write these down. Three, I'm going to give you three very simple words. One, separation. How do I wait? By separating myself from all the other stuff that's going on around me. Sometimes I got to get away from my wife. Sometimes, please, my brothers and sisters, turn the radio and the TV off. Put down the cell phone. Get out from in front of the tablet, unless you're reading your Bible, and separate yourself. You know, my pro one of my problems is when I really want to hear from God, sometimes I'm too busy doing stuff, and that stuff gets in the way of me hearing from God. God is always speaking, but I ain't always in a position to hear from him. So the first thing I need to do is separate myself. When I separate myself, I can see Jesus better. Oh, how many of you would really honestly like to see Jesus better, clearer? Ain't gonna happen till we separate ourselves. Number two, meditation. So we got separation, now we got meditation. You got to spend time in the Word of God. You won't know God unless you spend time in the Word of God. God introduces himself to us in the Word. Amen. David even says, thy word have I hid in my heart. David says, you, you know, in his word doth he, meaning the man of God or the person of God, doth he what? Meditate day and night. Meditation means I've got to focus on God. I, I, I have to spend time in consideration. Sometimes meditation means I've got to get a singular focus. Third one, inspiration. Quit listening to the world. You don't even always need a preacher. But the Holy Ghost is indispensable. Listen to the Holy Ghost. Because then when you listen to the Holy Ghost and you have a, 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 a Holy Ghost-filled preacher, the two are going to connect. Because the Holy Ghost will never contradict himself. So now the text says, 
this special day, this waiting day, shall do something. Says they shall mount up <laughs> on wings as eagles. I don't know how many of you have ever seen an eagle fly. Who it will blow your mind. Chickens flap. Pigeons coo. Turkeys cluck. Some birds have to, hummingbirds, man, they have to just. I would fall out if I was a hummingbird. Eagles don't waste that kind of energy. Eagles have a six to eight foot wingspan. I watched a video. I've seen an eagle, but it was in the distance. So I had to watch a video to get in my spirit what Isaiah was really trying to say. What an eagle does is it he or she folds their wings, then they push off. While other birds are flapping, they're just pushing off. See, y'all not following me yet. I'll get there in a second. They lock their wings after they've pushed off and they catch a current. And the current elevates them. They don't fight against the current. They go with the flow of the current. And as they lock their wings, they don't look around. The eagles look up. And so now their wings are locked. Their eyes are looking up. And the current keeps lifting them higher and higher. My friends, God sent me by here to tell you, be an eagle. Catch the current of the Holy Ghost. Lock your wings. Set your eyes to heaven. And let the current make you rise. I know that there have been bad times before, uh, but you're an eagle and you've been made to soar. You're an eagle and you've been made to rise above. See, an eagle don't look at the trouble around it because an eagle can see for miles. And when it wants to go hunting, it locks in on the prey and he swoops down, grabs the prey, and goes back to the nest that's high above. See, God has placed you high above the mess of the world. He don't want you down here with the chickens clucking and ducking and flapping and scratching. He wants you to soar on your birthday. I came to tell you that there are going to be storms in your life. But here's the thing I learned about an eagle that I really like. Eagles have two sets of eyes. And when they go through the storm, they pull down the shield and they can see through the storm. I want you to know that all you have to do is use your spiritual eye, pull the shades down, lock your wings, look to heaven, and soar. God promises a renewal for every one of his children. Wait a minute. I found out 
that every now and then an eagle molts. What that means is the feathers are dying. And instead of letting the feathers die and slow down their flight, the eagle begins to pluck off dead feathers and put... I need you to know that every now and then you need to pluck off some dead feathers. You need to get rid of some of those things that are bothering you. By the power of the Holy Ghost, pull off some doubt, pull off some envy, pull off some distrust, and then look to the hills. No, no, look beyond the hills and fly like that eagle. Notice one flap. Tooth, and now I'm soaring for miles and miles. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like an eagle. You can wait because God said, my grace is sufficient. That means I got more than enough power to carry you through. You can trust God because all of my trouble is time limited. For these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, work for you. I'm so glad you got a divine employee. Uh, God said there's goodness on one side and mercy on the other side. And whenever you're going through trouble, you got good Goodness on one side and mercy on the other side. God above you, faith to sustain you, wings like an eagle, mind stayed on him. You can lock your wings and rise, but that's not the only thing. I came to remind you that one day there's coming another renewal uh, for this old house that we live in is going to go to the dirt. This old house that we've inhabited for all these years is going to decay. But I'm so glad if you walk with the Lord every day, Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But Lord, wait a minute. How long do I have to wait to inhabit my new house? Job, come here and give us the answer. All the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait until my change comes. It may come when I'm 50. It may come when I'm 60. May not come till I'm 80. Doesn't matter, but one day my change is going to come. Uh, the Bible says the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, I like that, but that ain't my renewal. My renewal is that he's going to give me a brand new body. For those who are dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, what are we going to do? We'll be caught up. We'll be caught up. We'll be going home. I don't know about you, but I think as I look at all around me, it won't be long till we'll be going home. One day soon the Lord will break the eastern sky and he'll blow that trumpet and we'll be raptured up to meet him in the air. But until then, my brothers and sisters, you gotta be steadfast. You gotta be unmovable. You gotta be unyielding. You gotta keep on working. And one day we'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done.
done. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Well done. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. Looking for folk who are tied in relationship to him. Keep on fighting. Keep 